Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Millennial Dollar Podcast Series. And this is the People with a Passion segment where we chat with some bright individuals from around the world regarding matters and issues that they have researched about and delved into. So we get a bigger picture of the situation and understand what are their solutions for these problems. I'm your host, Sarah Joseph. And today I'll be talking to Nandini Menon, who was actually in the same grade as me back in school for quite a few years actually and she's currently a doctor and she's based in Bangalore, India. So um, Nandini, could you give our audience a brief introduction about yourself please? Hi everyone, um, my name is Nandini Menon and as, as Sarah said we were both classmates um, at our school in Dubai. So I'm very honored to be on this podcast today. I'm a 22-year-old junior doctor based in Bangalore in Ramya Medical College and Hospitals. Perfect. And how is it going so far? Could you tell us a bit about the situation and how everything's been? Has it been overwhelming? Uh, it's definitely been a bit overwhelming. Uh, that's an understatement. Uh, but and, and to manage it right now is definitely a very daunting task, especially uh, having just turned um, into a doctor in February. So at that too, at the age of 22. Yeah. So um, it definitely feels like the world's on your shoulders right now, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that I've got a lot of support around me and it's great. It's great to see my friends actually level up and become um, doctors in this community and actually deal with the situation at hand. Yeah. Mm. It's really, it's really great, but it's definitely no, daunting. Of course. As well. We're so proud of you as well. And like, you know, it's, it's a big thing to achieve <laughs> so much at such a young age on an average, how many hours Thank do you. you work at the hospital every day? Uh, so as I said, I'm currently doing my internship year and mm. we do the year in rotations. So depending on which rotation I'm in, the number of hours I work varies. So for instance, during the pre-quarantine period, I had orthopedics where it was a normal 9 to 4 p.m. routine where I was either in the operating theater, the wards or in our OPDs. So um, this is in contrast to pediatrics where I was working anywhere between 12 to 16 hours days especially in pediatric surgery um only because i was highly passionate about pediatric surgery and i dedicated myself to our patients and added to this i had my night shifts as well so sometimes this would like add up to 36 to 40 hour work days which would leave me completely deadbeat yeah it was hectic and And you like get the next day off emergency medicine which left me working anywhere between um yeah, did you say something? I said, did you did you, did you like get reimbursed for those hours, or now just because of the entire situation, it's been continuous? Well, um, the pay is more or less the same. Uh, there's no like reimbursement or anything. So, I, so in internship, we get a fixed pay mm. every month. We have definitely been trying to like um, to get our pay increased, but mm. it is understandable because the hospital. Uh, has um, a reduced number of patients, especially currently in this pandemic. So, and has to deal with more of COVID-19 patients. So, mm-hmm. um, where I'm actually grateful for the pay we receive right now. So, yeah. it's completely yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But definitely, yeah. Um, 
it as i said like the number of hours i work like depends on the rotation i'm in like currently in internal medicine i have an i have a very uh, relaxed job it's between 9 uh, to anywhere between 2 uh, o'clock to 4 o'clock so depending mm. on how fast i get my work done mm-hmm. so it's really very it's yeah. very it's very good and i'm very blessed to be where yeah, i am no, right of now. course um entering the world that has so profoundly been altered by the pandemic this year how does it feel from your perspective to start working this year itself this is such a great question and thank you for asking that uh because first of all like the day i got my final year results and knew that i was finally going to be a doctor that to at the age of 21 going to 22 was so mm. surreal in itself because this was a 16 year dream that was finally coming to reality Yeah. So like finally getting to walk around wearing that stethoscope around my neck like I've seen all my seniors before me do was such I mean as superficial as it sounds like an exhilarating yet daunting experience at the same time. Mm. Um because I knew then that like people expected a certain level of care and treatment when they saw me. Hmm. But um that being said the absolute cherry on top of this cake was um being a junior doctor in the midst of this pandemic because um yeah people do expect a lot of that out of that title doctor right before your name yeah. but um to put you on game it's like it's like getting to know your abc's when people expect you to already be a contender in the national spelling bee contest mm. so yeah i definitely do feel the pressure a little more than senior interns that have come and gone yeah but um i do feel that things happen for a reason and this pandemic is only going to make us much more aware and much more thorough in our practice in the future Of course oh, yeah. yeah I mean you've entered at a time where you know um you've just had to be thrown in the deep end sort of so it's it's beautiful to see like yeah. what all yeah, like the strong basically it's survival of the fittest um definitely because um I mean who would have thought like five six years ago when we graduated high school that like we'd be doing these different roles in um mm. society it's like it's really enriching and it's also surprising at the same time Yeah. What have been some of the most eye-opening experiences during your work here? Um actually being able to work with covid patients uh was one of my most eye-opening experiences especially off late. I think um one of the main issues we face especially in today's world is seeing a person diagnosed with covid-19 as a case or as a number that adds to the tally if you know what I mean. Mm. We've forgotten that this is like a human being just like you and I uh yeah. that has been unfortunately inflicted with this fatal disease. Mm. And the actual experience of treating covid patients was illuminating because I finally felt like I was making a difference in my own way and I got to see that these were humans like these were human beings just like you and I. But um the problem is a sheer number of cases that crop yeah. up every day definitely feels like um it outweighs the collective effort that our healthcare workers commit to trying to abate the disease hmm. so because of this there unfortunately have been numerous experiences where i've had to actually reject admitting people to our centers while on covid duty because we were either to capacity um or they had some comorbidities comorbidities i'm sorry that would have made the treatment significantly more challenging than others which is heartbreaking because because like what if this was your family member or what if it was mine right mm. so that really humbled me in more ways than one and made me more aware of how quickly this disease can endanger lives and like split families apart uh, so to speak 
Yeah. Uh, so definitely another, yeah. So definitely another experience was working in our accident emergency department. But there were times like I actually felt helpless for the patient. One example mm. being, um, there was a 75 year old man yeah. who was on dialysis. He had chronic kidney disease. So um, in chronic kidney disease, there is a lot of fluid that develops in your body. So mm-hmm. he had a persistent cough because there was so much fluid that was built up in his lungs. And incidentally, he had a little bit of a fever in the afternoon. So because COVID-19, the typical symptoms being cough and fever, he was rejected from so many hospitals um, that were rejecting to treat him just because he had a cough and fever. So finally, when he came to our hospital, he was in such a dire situation that we couldn't save him. And unfortunately, he he died from a cardiac arrest. So... This was right in the beginning of the outbreak. But this apprehension that was faced by both the patient attenders and the hospital was really eye-opening, definitely. And it made me understand the the downsides of a pandemic and just exactly how it works and the dynamics. So you got cut off there. Oh, perfect. Uh, do you feel like the mental health of doctors has drastically been impacted during this time? Oh my God. Yes, definitely in a huge way. So um, there were, there were in fact studies that were published by Cambridge and the Interna- Indian Journal of Psychiatry that focused on the mental health impact of COVID-19 on doctors, where the Indian Journal concluded that there was a prevalence of over 35% of doctors with depressive symptoms, which include wow. um, clinical depression, stress, and anxiety, which is insane thinking about it because um, you wouldn't know it, but there are, there are more doctors than you think that are actually suffering from all this, but they're not coming out and actually saying it. And um, Cambridge also stated that because doctors have the additional stress of having to balance their own safety with the Mm. needs of patients, families and employers, especially in the face of uh, limited resources, this can lead to distressing ethical dilemmas for doctors and potentially um, to making a decision that goes against moral values. So... Uh, yeah, with this in mind, there was also parts of both studies which stated that there were two issues faced by healthcare workers with regard to this. So firstly, doctors don't like to talk about their mental yeah. health, which is yeah. sadly true. Yeah, and something I can vouch for. Reason being that we are the worst patients ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, like if a doctor feels sad, like we'll just put it down to a bad day and move on. Because if we even feel a slight bit of pity or emotion for ourselves, we blame ourselves so much for putting ourselves first and not the patients or our families. And this becomes sort of a terrible, vicious cycle that we fail to acknowledge. Yeah. And yeah. And secondly, um, especially what this pandemic has shown us is that there aren't adequate resources that focus exclusively on doctors' mental health. Sure, there are surveys and, you know, there are scheduled wellness days that the management tries to put out for us. But I genuinely think that our healthcare has failed to wholly acknowledge the mental health of doctors, nurses and paramedics, especially during this pandemic. And that there should be um, definitely a wider collective effort to, you know, incentivize therapy and there should be more avenues for effective communication for healthcare workers. Mm. So... Definitely, like mental mental health is definitely a huge issue. I would say for healthcare workers, for especially. Healthcare, yeah. 
um yeah. also i know our generation sometimes you know doesn't understand the seriousness of the situation because either they might not be directly yeah. impacted by it or you know none of their loved ones might be impacted by it so what advice would you give from your first hand perspective to the people listening about the seriousness the seriousness of the entire situation if there was one thing that our listeners had to take away from this entire conversation today it would be to wear a mask mm. i mean it, it is as simple as that it is not fun to see your family member or your friends go through this horrible disease um hospitals are under immense stress of having to handle the insurmountable load of patients currently um there are 18 million people in the world currently that have been affected by covid-19 and mm. and over 700,000 deaths i mean i've never seen a disease like this if i'm being honest i've seen case studies of patients recovering from it and then yeah. dying almost immediately from uh, gross kidney damage or liver damage there's been good news about a double lung transplant for a 28 year old lady but honestly for what honestly like why risk your lives to meet someone you haven't seen in a long time like why do you want to go out like to a crowd go to a party like um i think the greatest healthcare commitment that anyone can do right now is to just stay at home mm. or or even if you have to go out wear a mask wear gloves if you can and yeah. maintain social distancing like six yeah. feet like it's so important because for, especially from a scientific point of view because mm. particles can travel for six feet Mm. So um and the worst part is that most of the covid cases we do see are completely asymptomatic. So anyone around you can test positive right now and neither one of you would even know. Indeed. This is um a super spreader we have at hand and in that one pos- positive patient can infect multiple people at a time. So like I can give you an example like for uh, till mid February mm. South Korea had 30 confirmed cases of covid-19 which is great like right like like one doctor can handle 30 cases yeah but however the 31st case changed everything case 31 as the woman is referred to had attended church services with over 500 other attendees mm-hmm. at each congregation which led to her potentially infecting thousands of people and that's how south korea became one of the epicenters of covid-19 mm-hmm. So yeah so i mean yeah, stay definitely. safe honestly yeah yeah stay safe stay healthy that's all i yeah. can say no for sure thank you so much for that um as you've previously mentioned as well hospitals struggle to keep up with inflated patient numbers what would be your advice to medical students who will either start practicing soon or next year just to sort of um you know stay in tune with the entire situation yeah. and be aware yeah um uh, Yeah, I would say um to never lose faith and to never lose hope um because I feel like medical students especially final years they feel especially um unequipped to become doctors or even give their final year exams because of how little practical knowledge they have right now but um let me tell you um practical knowledge is nothing without a grasp on the basic concepts I think this is honestly an opportunity um to go back to to the first and second year knowledge and to clarify concepts you weren't so clear on because um when personally when I started internship I found that uh, most of my knowledge was based on how strong my first and year con- first and second year concepts were 
Mm-hmm. And obviously, like um, the final years definitely have us seniors because we feel almost a sense of responsibility for them, especially now. Um, because um, I can't say when things will get better. Yeah. Uh, but I know that everyone will have an equal opportunity to hone their practical knowledge. This setback um, is completely minor, and I'm so sure that with a little extra hard work, they'll come out as exemplary doctors in their field. Mm. Thank you so, so much for that, Nandini. I really, really appreciate everything you've mentioned today. And um, is there anything that you'd like to add? Any sort of advice or any, you know, sort of tips that we as listeners can also keep in mind? Um, I feel like uh, I have to definitely address uh, aspiring doctors mm-hmm. who feel like, especially during this pand- uh, pandemic, it's um, not a great idea to become a doctor. But um, let me tell you that doctors are amazing. They are, they are a resource to, uh, to the world right now. And if anyone like wants to become a doctor right now, like they definitely should become a doctor. And um, this this should this is just a minor setback, and that we should definitely um, train our younger generations definitely to mm. become better doctors. Yeah. And for um, the general like population, like, just to never lose hope, and that there are vaccines that are going to be coming out soon. Yeah. Probably by um, the beginning of next year to mid next year. Um, okay. And so there's definitely an end to all this, and to just stay healthy and to never lose hope. Yeah appreciate every every single word you've said today and it's it's nice because you know I know a lot and being a doctor I feel like just doesn't happen overnight it's something that's sort of inbuilt in you you know you you've been wanting to do it for years um because people understand how much work and dedication goes into it and it's over like five years of your life or even much more needless to say um so yeah thank you so much I really appreciate that so guys, if you want to get in touch with Nandini and if you have any questions as well, you can comment below on the podcast. And, you know, if you have any things that you'd like to add or like ask her as well, you can definitely comment, like, share, subscribe. And thank you, Nandini, 